Hello, world. You're listening to the Cash All Podcast. Technology integrates with every aspect of our lives. Computing, entertainment, gaming, education, and much more. Here to discuss all of it is your host, Brandon Peterson. Any of you teachers out there, sticky note users, doesn't even have to be a teacher, anyone in general out there like using sticky notes. I'm kind of coming at this more from an instructional technology point of view, but it's something, it's a resource that can be used for anyone. Uh, For teaching, some teachers like to use exit tickets, hand the actual piece of paper to the teacher with what you learned for the day or any other questions you have. Or do you like to allow visual collaboration for others to read and respond to in your classrooms? Have the little prompts up on the walls around the room and you go over and hang up your piece of paper uh, around there. Then you rotate through, let other people read the responses. Then they can write their response and post it. And then when you rotate back to the beginning, then you can see what everybody had to say with yours. Then you have a class discussion about it. If you like doing those things, but you don't do it as much because you're not particularly fond of picking up scraps of paper off the floor every two seconds, finding a loose sticky note with the response and trying to figure out where it was supposed to go or who wrote it after it fell down, or if you have each one on different boards and then you take all the boards down and you don't like that juggling act, then I have the perfect resource for you. It is called Lino, or maybe it is called Lino. I don't even know how to pronounce it for sure. It's L-I-N-O. Even though I can't pronounce how to say it or I'm not 100% sure, I can hopefully in today's episode find the words to tell you how awesome that this resource is. So back in the day, we're talking like 2009, 2010, 2011, somewhere around there, Our school district where I teach was a PEBC school. PEBC, what is that? A lot of you probably already know, but if you don't, Public Education and Business Coalition. It works with teachers to provide strategies that really promote cultures of thinking in your schools. Thinking cultures among a staff and also thinking cultures amongst the students. PEBC was really hands-on and showed how to make our thought process visual. So students couldn't just guess an answer, you know, I throw out an answer, whether it's right or wrong, you know, maybe they can't always explain that. In this case with PEBC, with this form of teaching and these strategies, they really had to be, the students really had to be questioned in a way that made them explain their thought process of why they hypothesized that answer. Real scientific, a lot of scientific method, a lot of inquiry with this. And and hopefully then they could find more questions in their mind and then come up with ways where they could find answers to those questions. Students couldn't just read an article. They'd have to annotate and diagram the reading and have a discussion in a small group so that then they could bring their learning back to the full class for a full class discussion. Teachers are trained with many useful, I believe PEBC called them protocols. And basically these protocols could be used as class activities to promote literacy problem solving in their teaching. 
it's nothing new in the grand scheme of the world. All good teachers do these things, you know, but it's just, it was a really good time to really allow us to focus on those practices in our classrooms. I liked PEBC uh, mainly because it's very reflective. You know, you really had to go through and kind of think about what you were learning for the day. Students being really responsible for their learning and being accountable to it. It was optional to sign up and work with a coach from the PEBC coalition. And I did decide to sign up and take advantage of the opportunity. Uh, the the coach, the thinking coach or the PEBC coach, what it whatever you want to call them, uh, learning facilitator. The person that I worked with would come to my class like once a week and observe the class, see how things are going, you know. And so the students were used to that person by, you know, a few weeks. They're used to that person being in the room. And I was, I'm confident enough in my teaching and classroom management to where I don't mind when strangers come in and things of that nature. So um, didn't really bother me. And the kids were cool with it. Um, after, you know, the class was over, later in the day when I had my planning time, then the person would return to my room. And we'd take not the whole planning time, but just a little chunk out of it, discuss about, like, what my goals were. Like, I would I would share what my learning targets were, uh, what I tried out, what I liked, what I didn't. And then we would talk about, like, where we could go from there. If there was something I didn't like with that, you know, we could brainstorm ways like how it could be uh, more natural to fit with my teaching style. I've always liked having like what a lot of teachers call the sponge activity uh, or the bell ringer. Back in my science teaching days, I called it the daily periphera for the daily sponge. With uh, my technology classes, I call it the bulldog bite because we're the bulldogs. But instead of bite, like biting, B-Y-T-E for the technology pun because I teach tech classes in there. So I've always been a big fan of those activities at the start of the class. It gets students started uh, on the right way. They're seated in their in their spots right away. Their computers are on. I know everything is working. It helps to get students in the right mindset for learning. Um, and it starts steering focus on what our learning targets are for the day. Less about any kind of hallway drama or whatever was going on in other classes and starts getting us ready for for my business that I want students to be learning for the day. I'm also a fan of exit tickets, uh, sharing what we learned, asking questions at the end. Sometimes students may not want to share those answers out loud. Uh, maybe they're too nervous to share in front of a class. You know, you, you're always, no matter how hard you try to make people feel comfortable, there's going to be some who don't like to stand up and talk in front of a big group of people, you know. So I, I understand that. And uh, sometimes, too, kids are just ready to go to the next class, and so they're not going to want to take the time uh, to raise their hand and, and to have that discussion. So one time uh, the PEBC coach said, we should have – you know, I would have the students do these in their notebooks and share the answers, you know, just as kind of an easy way, convenience. And PBC, real big fan of the sticky notes, of the physical sticky notes. And then they'd say, okay, so we're just going to actually, let's try these sticky notes. And I was not fond of the idea, but I was like, whatever, I'll try it. I'll try it once. We'll see how it goes. 
We tried posting them up on the whiteboard. Well, there's not enough room for all the classes. I have multiple preps, so it takes up room. I need that same whiteboard space to project uh, demonstrations that I'm trying to show students what to do or having students share the class, what they've learned to do, those things. So that it wasn't real convenient. Sticky notes fell off the whiteboard all the time. Um, it didn't work. So I let the PBC person know I didn't like it that much. And they said, well, what about if we, if we had a different poster board for each class? We tried that, shuffled them around. The whole thing was just cumbersome. I didn't like it, but I did want to I didn't want to give up on it. You know, I, I thought it was a good idea. There just has to be some better way than with these actual physical sticky notes. Falling on the floor all the time. Uh, hard to read other students uh, when when they're responding. It created weird traffic areas in the classroom. Had to be another way that would not include all those problems. And doing a little Google search, online virtual bulletin boards, I finally stumbled onto this site called Lino. Or I finally stumbled onto this site called Lino. Linoit.com. L-I-N-O-I-T.com. All is one word. A personal virtual area where you can edit sharing permissions. Anybody can. I can post. It could be just me posting. It could be somebody posting who has an account. It can be anyone in the world posting. I can change the times when people can post. A lot of control in there. And it's free. It looks like a bulletin board on your computer screen. You choose what color sticky note that you would like to use. You click and drag it down, post to the board. You type in your response so everyone can read it. Each class can have their own Linoit site. I can easily navigate and edit as needed throughout the different Linoit sites through my dashboard of my account. No sticky notes on the floor. Anyone can post. Sticky notes can be moved around. So much better. To this day in 2022, I still use Linoit.com. Throughout this whole time, it's it's only gotten better throughout the years. It's a great landing page for each of my classes. Each student on the first day of class, here's the link. Type this into the computer. Make sure that you add this to your bookmarks. Take it home. Add it there. And then when they sign into that page, they can look at the posted learning targets. They can see the procedures for the day. Mr. Peterson, what are we doing today? It's already on. It's already on the bulletin board. They can see even before I get into the classroom from monitoring the hallways during passing time. Important links to online resources. You can post images. You can post videos. I have the Bulldog Bite on there. I have the exit tickets. As I go through and read them, I can read their response to the Bulldog Bite. I have students just put their initials in lowercase at the end. I click the check mark that I read it. That bulletin board paper disappears. Their little sticky note disappears, and I mark them down. Super convenient. So many uses. You can easily show parents what's going on in class each day. And students are homesick when they're not really sure what's going on. Everything is on right there. Um, it's just one of my one of my little self-made jobs is I make sure that's updated before I leave class for the day. I usually leave the previous days in a little section of it where people can uh, go back and see it if needed. But then I make sure it's updated before I leave school. So then when I come to school the next morning, everything is already there for me. 
Um, no whiteboard real estate. Takes up no room on my whiteboard. Now, we're supposed to have our learning targets posted. So in the very upper left-hand corner, I have written out on the marker board, four learning targets go to your online classroom bulletin board, which we look at every day. So then when the old principals come in for you know their observations and everything, they can look up there. Oh, yeah, so they are posted virtually. Nice. Um, professional development, it's good for that. Uh, when our school became a Google school, signed up with the Google emails and everything, Gmail, all that, um, Google education, Google Classroom, all the apps and everything. We had to train our teachers, and I was asked to do a lot of that. So what I did was I had a Google Ninja Academy where any teacher could come and get the required training from their sensei, myself, to learn these important ninja skills. And to start off, I just sent that out to any teacher who is interested in going. And each week, I would just put up there, hey, what is something that you need to know how to do that's gonna that you need to use this for your job and that you don't know how to do and you don't want to take the time how to figure it out or you don't know where to find it and using that then i was able to design our our uh, professional learning time with google for that and it worked out really good and it's less time me showing them how to do things that maybe they already know how to do half of it showing it to where it was actually important for each of those staff members. Um, we use it in my instructional technology class that I teach at Mid Plains, um, where I show this resource. And it's also during the time where we're learning about the role of technology in education. And so we have the bulletin board there with some links and kind of a little online scavenger hunt thing students will go through and uh, kind of learn this and then they have a few areas where they post and then they have to reply to some of the other sticky notes that are on there ultimately they post after that activity what they feel is their role of technology in education and respond to some of their classmates and then here in the near future actually we revisit that at the end of term and we update that and modify their philosophy on that um, I think Linoa.com would be a great way for students to create mood boards for projects or even for teachers to use for mood boards for projects or professionals. Uh, you can diagram a SWOT analysis for marketing, S in one corner, W in another, O and T, and use that as a way to collaboratively do it. You can schedule on there, put your schedule on there, put a sticky note for your different tasks that you need to get accomplished. So many uses for education, business, and our personal life on Linoa.com. It's available. It's browser-based. So you can pretty much access it any, anywhere that has a browser. So PC or Apple. Um, there's apps for it, I believe, uh, for iPhone and iPad. And there is an Android version. But I believe the Android version's in beta. But it's still pretty darn functional and great to use. I just use mine in the browser. I've never used the app personally, but I know that you can. If you're a teacher, I highly recommend it. Or if you're just, are you a person? Are you a person out there who just wants to be organized? Anybody out there can use this thing. I really recommend checking it out and at least giving it a try. For you teachers out there, if you have one-to-one, -one, um, each student has their own device, it's perfect. 
Um, if they don't, like every student in my classroom has a computer because I teach computers. So it works. But even like our students each have a Chromebook that they can take with them also. So it's accessible there. But if you uh, have students that aren't one-to-one, I think it's still something that could be used as a way uh, give them the link, share it at home, and the students can still have online access at home with a computer or at a library with a computer uh, where they can get any of that information when needed. So, ton of uses. I'd love to know how many of you already use it. I'm always surprised when I teach the, about this resource in instructional technology uh, how nobody's heard of it. Like, I've, I've never had a student who has said, yeah, I've heard of this and we've used it. It shocks me because I think it is used a lot. Just it's not marketed real well. It's not promoted a whole lot. And so I'd love to know if any of you already use it and know what you use it for. And if you haven't ever used it before, is it something you're interested in? And are you going to try it? Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review if you like what you heard. For other content, you can follow me on Twitter at Code Peterson.